you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Show. It is me, your man, MG Marcus Grant, still masking and socially distancing when and where necessary. Joined, as always, by Michael F. Florio, producer Steve. And Florio, we got a big show today. How are you feeling about it? I'm I'm super excited. This is a bucket list type of thing for me, Marcus. I, I've listened to live mock drafts on this podcast and many others for, for years, so to get to take a part of one, uh, I'm really excited. Yeah, I mean, so this is what we're doing. We are doing a live mock draft on the show. I mean, I guess it's live for us by the time you hear it. will have been finished and pre-recorded and all that good stuff. But we, uh, we're we on it. The two of us, it's a 12-team PPR, just standard uh, fantasy mock draft. Uh, it does have rookies included. So in case you hear the names, you know, Trevor Lawrence or Najee Harris or anybody like that come off the board, they are included. So it is uh, myself, it is Florio, and it is 10 of our internet friends who are joining us as well. So we'll kind of talk about this and go through the whole show so uh without further ado let's uh get this thing going uh and 
We are about to begin the draft. Here we go. So just for reference, uh, Florio, you're picking in the third spot. I am picking in the fifth spot. Did you have a particular reason you chose the slot we did? Yeah, I, I chose three because I am a believer that Jonathan Taylor should be the third player off the board. So I wanted to ensure that. And now I get to do that right now. All right. Jonathan so the, Taylor. With the third pick, Florio takes Jonathan Taylor. The first two picks, not really a surprise. Christian McCaffrey goes number one. Dalvin Cook at number two. And we've mentioned Jonathan Taylor is at number three. So we are uh, waiting for the number four pick. I will tell you that I picked five as sort of a thought experiment. Um, I just wanted to see who was going to be available, what I might do at the spot. So Saquon Barkley goes number four. And so now I'm sort of left with a dilemma here. Uh, Where do I go at number five? Ooh, still plenty of great options out there. Um, I think I'm going to be bold right off the bat. I'm going to take Travis Kelsey at five. Ooh. I'm going to get spicy right off the top and take Travis Kelsey at five. Alvin Kamara goes at number six. Uh, okay, so this is the part where you tell me that I'm a little bit too out of pocket for going Travis Kelsey at five, or am I not? I don't think so. I think, like, the other picks I would have – Kamara I would have considered, but he is so risky with who's going to be his quarterback right now. And then the only other name I was I would have considered there is Derrick Henry. After that – I mean, I think it's Henry or, or Kelsey if you're sitting at five, six, seven, something like that. I did look at Derrick Henry, uh, who actually is still on the board now. So Alvin Kamara goes at six. Nick Chubb goes at seven. Devontae Adams at eight. And finally, at number nine, Derrick Henry goes off the board. Um, is that is is that late for Henry? Do you think that's going to be about where he lands? Or is, is, is that a little bit later than, than you would expect? That's later than I expected. I, I think... To me, there's like five or six running backs that I think are like elite. And I I put Derrick Henry in that tier. And I'm late to come to that conclusion because for a couple of years now, I've been like, yeah, Derrick Henry can run, but he doesn't catch passes. And every year he continues to show that it doesn't really matter for him when you can run like he can. That's sort of the thing. And that was that was why I considered him at five. You mentioned the three names that I thought about was Derrick Henry, Alvin Kamara. And I, I ultimately went with Travis Kelsey and. You know, at some point, Derrick Henry is going to fall off. He's not going to run, you know, for 1,800 yards. He's not going to get you 15 touchdowns. But I I don't think this is the year that that fall off happens. Um, So Derrick Henry goes nine. Tyreek Hill comes off the board at number 10. Josh Jacobs at 11. And I feel like this is what we talked about on the show a week or two ago, is that you get to this point in the first round, that 10-11 spot, And there are some tough choices to make because there are guys who you sort of like, but don't necessarily love as first round picks. Um, But you got to You got to go somewhere. I still am surprised, though, to see Josh Jacobs at 11. Yeah, I am not as high on Josh Jacobs as uh, as the drafter at number 11 is. I, I have him more as a second round pick than and even that I I don't like he's just one of those people that I draft and I'm like, all right. He could be really good, but I just don't feel great about it. Uh, so Jacobs goes 11. Ezekiel Elliott goes at 12. And then on the back side of the turn, Aaron Jones is the first pick in the second round. Um, I feel like with Aaron Jones, I mean, he is he is looking at free agency. Maybe he comes back to Green Bay. Maybe he goes somewhere else. I mean, does, does your feeling on Aaron Jones change if he's somewhere else next year? It 
Yes, yes. Landing spot always matters for running backs dramatically, I think. But I like he's probably going to go to a worse offense than the Packers, but could he go somewhere like like we've heard Miami is interested in? We saw it last year, Marcus, that whoever was the lead back from Miami, they were gonna get, you know, 20 plus touches a game. That was the one annoying part about Jones and Green Bay is they would mix in Aaron uh Jamal Williams, they would mix in AJ Dillon at times. They would take him off the field too much for my liking. Uh, by the way, speaking of which, you know, the the news that hit this morning coming out of Miami is that folks down there expect that the Dolphins are going to pursue a frontline running back. So it was it was sort of nice uh, following the Dolphins' backfield last year because no matter who it was, they seemed to be kind of a one-back offense. Um, it looks like, though, that back next year might not be Miles Gaskin. So I guess that's something to sort of keep in, uh, into, into uh. effect. Um, all right, so just a quick update. I am on the clock now. So Aaron Jones goes first pick of the second round, followed by DK Metcalf, Stefan Diggs, James Robinson, uh, early second round pick, DeAndre Hopkins, Austin Eckler, and then DeAndre Swift, one pick before me, which sort of stinks. Um, because now I'm sort of looking at some running backs because I, I feel like I need to get a running back here after taking Kelsey in the first round. And so I may, this might be a little bit of a reach, but I'm going to take Cam Akers right here. Um, just looking at the guys that were there, Joe Mixon, J.K. Dobbins, Miles Sanders. Um, I mean, I like them all. I, I'm, I just don't know what to think about Joe Mixon. J.K. Dobbins, they're still going to run the ball uh, with Lamar Jackson, and we'll see who else is back there. Justice Hill maybe, I don't know. Um, Miles Sanders right now, that that offense, I sort of like it, but I just I don't know that they're going to give Miles Sanders the kind of workload. So I'm sort of I'm sort of leaning into this whole Rams Cam Akers sort of thing there. So that's that's why I went there. Um, A.J. Brown goes after me. So he's the ninth pick in the second round and you are on the clock for your second pick. The, the running backs, the three, you took Akers and Swift and Eckler going him before it. I was hoping one of those three fell to round two. <laughs> There's a player that I don't really want to draft, but I feel like he is entirely too good of a value right now. Uh, so do I do that or do I go with what I had in mind? I, that, that's what I don't know what to do here. Now, I, now I, we wait with bated breath. I'm, I'm curious <laughs> to see where you go. Uh, I went with what I – my plan was to start RBRB, but man, it's the end of the second round and Michael Thomas is still on the board. Wow. So Antonio Gibson, you take him with a 10th pick in the second round and you're right. Michael Thomas is still floating around out there, which is incredible. Joe Mixon is now gone. Is Michael Thomas going to fall to the third round of this mock draft? We have the last pick coming up in the second round. Look how many like running backs are green, and these whole first two rounds are just green. It's just heavy green. <laughs> right now we've got what, two, five, six wide receivers off the board. Uh, the one tight end being Travis Kelsey, and it's pretty much all running backs. Um, is this is this how you feel like actual drafts are going to go? Is it? Do you think it's going to be this running back heavy this early in most drafts? I do. I think we've kind of gone back in time to when. Uh, before the zero RB truthers uh, were all out and about. Because remember, there was a stretch where like the first three picks off the board were wide receivers. But I think we've kind of gone back to uh, old school style a little bit, like get your running backs early because receivers deeper than ever, in my opinion. And these running backs that can get you 
15 to 20 touches a game, they dry up very quick. So I think you've got to get them while they're out there because, in my opinion, after like the second, maybe third round, you're digging pretty deep for running backs then. So after Mixon, the final pick of the second round is Calvin Ridley. The first pick of the third round is Miles Sanders, uh, followed quickly by J.K. Dobbins. So you're back on the clock here. And there's still that big wide receiver name that's just hanging out there right now. This is another. I, I feel like I might regret this, but oh, Darren Waller with the third pick in the third round, going ahead of George Kittle, huh? You you took Waller over Kittle. I I am a Waller over Kittle guy only because what, what Waller did last year was better than George Kittle's best season, and what he did two years ago was better than George Kittle's two years ago season, I think it was. So I just think Darren Waller is a little bit safer, but I can't knock anyone if you have Kelsey ahead of him. So you go Waller with the third pick. The fourth pick in the third round is Justin Jefferson. So now I'm on the clock here, and I gotta—I really got to think about this. Um, Were you going to take Jefferson? No, I, I mean, I wasn't. I, I just, but now, I mean, I'm sitting here and I'm staring at Michael Thomas, but the whole, <laughs> the whole thing floating around in the back of my head, which is, I'm sure why he felt is what do they do at quarterback? If Drew Brees really does leave, what happens at quarterback for the Saints? And what does that mean for, for Michael Thomas? Um, all right. So I got to make a decision here. I, eesh, I don't love this at all. Um, I'm going to take Chris Godwin. At this spot. Um, you know, I know Mike Evans was the big thing last year in Tampa. I still believe Godwin is the guy with the most upside in that passing game. Uh, so I, I believed in him last year. I still believe in him this year. So um, I'll tell you, this is not the way I plan to start. My first three picks are Travis Kelsey, Cam Makers, Chris Godwin. I thought I was going to go a couple of running backs early, um, but I don't love any of the running backs that are on the board right now at this point. And there's there Michael Thomas. Goes. Finally, sixth pick in the third round for Michael Thomas. Wow. Six, seven, eight, nine. Tenth receiver off the board if I counted right. That Wow. I Maybe, I mean, it, it very well could be the right spot if, like, Taysom Hill is the starting quarterback and they just run the ball a whole bunch. But seeing him in the middle of the third round just feels wrong. It feel. I mean, look, he was a first-round pick last year. I mean, he was – Michael Thomas was coming off the board in the same spot where I took Travis Kelsey just now. Yeah. He was that fifth pick in the first round in a lot of leagues. Now we're talking about him middle of the third round. Um, George Kittle goes right after that, the seventh pick in the third round. Um, so uh, so the three top tight ends are off the board. I'm curious to see how long it is before <laughs> we see another tight end get drafted. Um, and – Marcus, we talk about it all the time, but I, both of us have a tight end already, right? Like, uh, like, oh wow, it wasn't oh, a long wait at all. At all. <laughs> Mark Andrews goes right after Kittle, so we didn't have to wait very long at all for the next tight end. Um, I'd, I'd much rather be on one of the big three tight ends than than chasing. Like to me, that's a chase. Like you see the tight ends going, and you get Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews is. He's a weird case, right, in the sense that the good thing about him is that he scores touchdowns, and that sort of keeps him afloat. But he's not as target-heavy as those other three guys, um, mostly because he plays in such a run-friendly offense. 
it just I look back at his big breakout season and it's just such a, a marvel to me because he didn't catch a ton of passes. Uh, he had decent yardage numbers and a huge touchdown number. And that just that just doesn't feel sustainable. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he gets you know enough of the target share that it works out. But, uh, you know. I just said I was TJ Hawkinson at tight end four too. So. <laughs> I just I like Mark Andrews or Hawkinson in like the sixth round, not one pick after George Kittle, because you're giving up the same draft price to get that tight end. You're just getting a significantly worse tight end, in my opinion. Like the big three are the big three for a reason. I think Kelsey should go in the first round, the other two in rounds three. I, I could see them going around two and some. And then after that, I just wait. So after Andrews, who's the uh, pick number eight in the third round, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire goes at the ninth pick. Uh, Keenan Allen is at 3.10. Mike Evans at 3.11. Allen Robinson finishes out the third round. So my question for you, do you think Allen Robinson is going to be back in Chicago next year? No. Um, he has said he doesn't want to be franchised. He has said that he didn't even like the city of Chicago that much. Like to me, that was, (laughs) that was very telling because like normally when athletes have an issue, they don't attack the city. Like even James Harden was like, Hey, I love Houston. They're my home. I just don't like playing for the Houston Rockets. Allen Robinson was like, I just, I don't really like Chicago. So I, I don't think he'll be back. And I'm, Selfishly, as a as an Allen Robinson truther, I'm hoping he's not back because he has had so many targets from Blake Bortles and Mitch Trubisky. Let's get him <laughs> a good quarterback. That is really all that I want. Um, I'm very curious to see where he goes and if he can land with a good quarterback. Uh, I mean, here it is. He, he was the last pick in the third round in this mock draft. If he lands with a good quarterback, I could see that moving up, you know, maybe even a full round, um, depending on, on where he goes. So, uh, just to catch you up, see Allen Robinson, final pick of the third round. The first pick in the fourth round is Amari Cooper, uh, followed by Chris Carson. And our first quarterback off the board, uh, 4.3, is Patrick Mahomes, which, uh, look, I, I I appreciate the restraint. That we waited until the fourth round to get Patrick Mahomes. I felt like he was going to be a third round. I was waiting for him to show up in the third round. So I'm I'm sort of, I guess, pleasantly surprised people waited to pull the trigger on that one. And in the the fourth round, that I mean, at that point, it's like, all right, that's it's hard to knock that pick. He's Patrick Mahomes. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh so uh after Mahomes, Julio Jones, who uh you want to talk about just Every year, Julio just seems to fall a little further, a little further. Um, I may have asked you this before. Is he is is are his days as an elite fantasy wide receiver over? I'm worried that they are, but I'm not ready to put him there yet. Like he was really banged up last year, but when he played, he still put up numbers. And yes, I do expect Calvin Ridley to take over. I have Ridley ranked higher than Julio, but not having to pay a first round price for Julio and getting him in the fourth round, like at that point you can convince me to, to take another shot on Julio. So after Julio is David Montgomery. Um, and I know we talked about this before. It, it feels like what he did at the end of last year just is not sustainable. Um, it was nice, but with, with Tariq Cohen coming back, presumably it just doesn't feel like he can kind of keep that going. Uh, so David Montgomery goes fifth pick in the fourth round. Kenny Galladay goes number six, Adam Thielen, is the seventh pick in the fourth round. So now I am back on the clock. 
with some decisions to make. I feel like I need another running back. Um, I'm not really enamored with any of the options that are right in front of me. So this is weird. I kept feeling like the fourth round was going to be a great bonanza and a great opportunity. But now I'm looking at all these names and I'm not really sort of in love with any of them. I'm going to. Sheesh, I got to make a pick. All right, uh, time is running out. I am going to kind of go a little bit wild, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a rookie. I'm going to take Najee Harris. Um, who knows where he's going to land? This is based, obviously, fully on potential and upside as the guy who uh, arguably is the number one rookie running back in this class. Uh, you know, Obviously, as you mentioned earlier, landing spot will have a lot to do with it. But feeling like I needed a running back, feeling like I wanted upside and not loving any of the other names there, that's where I went. Uh, And immediately right after that, another rookie goes, Travis Etienne, comes off the board uh, right after Harris. And then uh, you go Terry McLaurin. So your your strategy kind of worked out pretty well. You went two running backs, a tight end, and a wide receiver. Um, How are you feeling through four rounds? I I like this approach through four. And Terry is someone that, I'm pretty high on I – th- I think Scary Terry has all of the talent in the world. Like, I think he can be a fantasy wide receiver one. He has shown us that for stretches of his career. The only thing I'm hoping is that the WFT go out and upgrade their quarterback position because, I mean, we saw what a mess that was last year and how a, a change at quarterback could really change his value. So I'm taking a little bit of a gamble there, hoping that they upgrade the quarterback. But I love the talent that is Terry McLaurin. And you know, the, the talk is that the, the football team expected to part ways with Alex Smith. I mean, not a huge surprise. He was obviously a great story this past year. Um, but in terms of trying to build at that position for the future, you're just not going to build it around Alex Smith right now. So we'll see what happens with quarterback in Washington. But Terry McLaurin goes uh, at 4.10. Right after him is our second quarterback, Lamar Jackson, goes at 4.11. Thoughts on Lamar being the the quarterback, two off the board? Do not love it. Uh, It's hard to argue it because what he can do with his legs, he's the only quarterback to ever have two 1,000-yard rushing seasons. But Josh Allen went right after him, and I would rather have Josh Allen. I'd also rather have Kyler Murray. So, yeah, so Lamar goes uh, 4.11. The final pick of the fourth round was DJ Moore. And then coming back on the turn to start the fifth round is Josh Allen. And then there's Kyler Murray <laughs> off the board right after him. So, uh, so actually, we have a team with two quarterbacks. They went Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray with back-to-back picks. That is a surprise. Uh, <laughs> So a little bit of a miniature run on quarterbacks. Uh, three of four picks were quarterbacks, and then C.D. Lamb. You go C.D. Lamb. Uh, so you got a, you got a couple of nice young wide receivers. I, I like the team you're putting together right now, Florio. Thank you. I I'm not sure if Lamb would have been my highest ranked wide receiver, but when you go with this approach, like, and you wait on receivers, I feel like you need to take some guys that have upside and can outlive and. and I think CeeDee Lamb is a prime candidate to finish as a wide receiver one if Dak can stay healthy. Oh, if Dak stays healthy, I think he's he's definitely set up to be uh, a wide receiver one right now. I, who Marcus, who do you like more, Lamb or Cooper? I like Lamb. Um, me, me too. 
I here's the thing. I I stayed away from Mari Cooper last year because I just felt like he was too volatile week to week. Um, but then last year he wasn't. He was actually fairly <laughs> consistent. Um, but I just wonder if that was if that is really who he's going to be now, or if that was just sort of a a one year thing. Um, okay, so after CD Lamb, Cooper Cup goes. So Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup goes off the board before Robert Woods, which that's a surprise to me. Um, I'm on the I'm on the clock right now, uh, so I am. I'm going to double down on running backs, or I guess triple down, and I'm going to go Kenyon Drake here, which I feel like in the fifth round, I, I feel better about it. Um, you know, I don't know exactly how they're going to use him this season, but I do think uh, getting him with a fifth round prize for a guy who was what a low end running back one, basically. Um, if he can do that again, I feel a lot better with him in the fifth round versus taking him at the end of the first round <laughs> last year. Uh, so I think I'm okay with that. Um, I, I like that pick. Thanks. Uh, so through four or five rounds, my team right now, Travis Kelsey, Cam Akers, Chris Godwin, Najee Harris, and Kenyon Drake. Um, Robert Woods goes sixth pick of the fifth round. So right after Drake. Um, you, were in a, you were in a Rams wide receiver sandwich. I am. Cup, Drake, and then Woods. So uh, the two Rams wideouts uh, sandwiched uh, around around Kenyon Drake here. Um, since we've had a few quarterbacks come off the board now, uh, and we are about to hit free agency, we've seen a couple of quarterbacks, three three big-name quarterbacks, relatively big names, traded. Um, hey, now we have a USC wide receiver run. We go from Robert <laughs> Woods to Juju Smith-Schuster. Maybe we can get Nelson Aguilar in here, too, at some point. Um I'm not- I, I'm not counting on it. Amon uh, Ra St. Brown? Yeah, right? Get Amon Ra in there. Uh, Deontay Johnson actually goes after Juju. Uh, but what I was going to ask, we've seen some quarterbacks traded. Um, you know, Deshaun Watson says he still wants out of Houston. Russell Wilson is sort of uh, making noise there in Seattle. I would think we're going to see maybe some more movement, whether or not it's Drew Brees retiring, what have you. How much is that, do you think, going to shake up? fantasy drafts are we going to see a lot of of quarterback movement in fantasy drafts or are we are we pretty much set at the top right now I think it's possible we see a lot of movement because if Deshaun Watson moves and wherever he ends up you know like his wide receiver one I I could see really shooting up uh the board if I know it sounds far-fetched right now but if Russell Wilson is traded like DK Metcalf's value is going to take a huge hit um and I could see like Terry McLaurin, someone that I, I took in this draft. Like I could see him climbing if Washington goes out and lands a quarterback. So uh, I, I do, I think the first round is going to look pretty similar to how this one does, but there's going to be a couple of players that I could see dramatically switching value based on what happens in free agency and with these quarterbacks. So after a couple of quarterbacks go early in the fifth round, uh, this has turned out to be a very wide receiver heavy round. We got CeeDee Lamb, Cooper Cup. Uh, I'm the oddball right now with Kenyon Drake at the running back spot. But the, after Drake, Robert Woods, Juju, Deontay Johnson, Odell Beckham, Tyler Lockett, Devonta Smith has just come off the board uh, with the 11th pick in the fifth round. So we're just waiting on that final pick uh, in this fifth round. Uh, so, you know, it's funny. I, we kept saying that the fourth round was going to be wide receiver heavy. Uh, turned out it was the fifth round. where everybody went heavy on wide receivers. Um, And you're still getting some really good wide receivers in round five. Like, I would feel good with 
pretty much like there's some that I would have taken, like I would have taken Deontay over Juju or Woods over Cup, but like I feel okay with either of those guys in my starting lineup. Are you surprised at the number of rookies we have seen so far? We got Harris, Etienne, and uh, and Devonta Smith. Uh, surprised that we've seen three rookies this early in this draft. No, I, I, I'm a little bit surprised that we've seen Devonta Smith, but the rookie running backs, like like you took Harris in, in round four, right? And then and Etienne went in round four. Like if those guys land in a favorable spot, like look what happened to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire last year. He, <laughs> right. he went from like the fourth, fifth round to the middle of the first round. And like Jonathan Taylor had a good landing spot and he got re- – so like I think seeing a rookie running back in like round three is is going to be the norm. That has kind of become, I guess, more of a, a consistent thing lately. I mean, you know, remember, it really wasn't that long ago. Uh, you know, Ezekiel Elliott came in the league, and we were talking about him as a second-round pick, maybe even a late first-round pick, and the the response was always, well, he hasn't played a down in the NFL. Um, I feel like that's gone away now. I feel like people don't really have that concern as much anymore. We are – Maybe it's because we are reaching for potential quality at that position. Um, people just don't seem as scared to take that fairly early round shot on a rookie running I, back as they used to. I feel like it's gone like the complete opposite. Like people want to take that rookie now. Like I, don't, I feel like rookies are are all the rage right now in fantasy. Like, you're probably right. Um, I don't know that. Do you think this has to do with the rise in dynasty? That that you know people who play dynasty are like, yep, let's go get a let's go get a rookie. Yeah, I do. And I, I also feel like a couple of years ago, there used to be like, you know, after the Super Bowl, like a, a breathe period for football. And mm. now like, no, like now it was week oh, no. 17 ends and everyone is studying film and they're looking up all these rookies <laughs> and they're they're putting out takes. So I, I think that actually elevates the rookies. And I wrote an article on it last week, actually. I think rookies get too overvalued now in fantasy football. There's only like one or two Last year was the exception. Last year's class was really good. But on average, there's usually only a handful that are really worth taking as early as they go. Uh, so just to catch you up here uh, as we go into the sixth round, Cortland Sutton, first pick of the sixth, wow. followed by Russell Wilson. Uh, Raheem Mostert goes at 6.3. Justin Herbert uh, comes off the board at 6.4. So Herbert is what your second, fourth, fifth, sixth quarterback off the board uh, is Justin Herbert followed by Brandon Ayuk, and then Justin Fields. So you talk about uh, talk about rookies being coveted. Justin Fields is off the board ahead of Trevor Lawrence when you're talking uh, rookie quarterbacks. I, I don't want to – I mean, that, uh, hey, two rookies back-to-back. Back. And then Trevor Lawrence goes right after Justin Fields, which actually works great for me. I was hoping Deshaun Watson would fall in my lap, and so I will gladly take him in the sixth round. Um. Yeah, that is a great pick, Marcus. I, I, I guess, is it that people are just worried that he's not going to play? Is that what it is? I, I don't know. Uh, well, you're I on the hoping, clock here, so so you focus I was hoping to get Javante. So Javante Williams goes right after Deshaun Watson, so he's the ninth pick in the sixth round. So another rookie running back off the board here. Um, so we've had five quarterbacks taken in the sixth round. Um, make it six. Make it make it six. So Dak Prescott, Florio takes Dak Prescott uh, with the tenth pick in the sixth round, followed by Jamar Chase. So the rookies are starting to fly off the board right now. Um, 
So is the sixth round, is that the new quarterback round right now? Is that is that what we're doing? It feels that way. Although, Marcus, I will say, give me give me Dak and Watson over the rookies. I, I know these rookies are really good, but I'll take Dak and Watson all day. I am I'm still a little bit struck by by Justin Herbert uh, going just after Russell Wilson. Um, I mean, I know we all love Justin Herbert. That that still kind of caught me off guard uh, a little bit. Um, yeah, so wait, waiting for the final pick in uh, this sixth round. Um, so how much do you think these draft boards are going to change after free agency? Free agency hits in basically a, a week and a half, two weeks. Um, I would think that a lot of this is going to look very different depending on how free agency shakes out this year. Yeah, I think so too, because like a player like Allen Robinson could shoot up the board. And there's a lot of these players that where I think where they sign and where they get drafted is going to change a whole lot because especially with rookies right now, we're taking those up. Like I wanted Javante Williams bad, but if he ends up, you know, in like a situation like AJ Dillon was in, then that changes everything. <laughs> right. Okay. So uh, after Dak, Jamar Chase goes, DJ Chark finishes the sixth round. TJ Hawkinson starts the seventh. I think that's a great pick. Um, I think that's just great value, especially after the, the you know you had four guys go in the first three rounds. TJ Hawkinson goes in the seventh. Brandon Cooks, a second pick of the seventh round. You went T. Higgins in the seventh. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is the fourth pick of the seventh round. So now I am back on the clock here. And yeesh, I'm looking at the running backs that are out there. I don't love any of them. I only have one wide receiver, so I should probably probably go that direction. Yeah. All right, well, I'm going to go another rookie. I'm going to take Jalen Waddle here. Um, yeah, I, I'm just kind of playing upside here. I think I don't feel terrible about not about how only having one wide receiver to that point because I do feel like there's depth there. <clears throat> um, but yeah, this I think you know with me drafting Harris and Waddle, my draft board could look very different. Um, you know, when we get to May <laughs> and these guys get drafted <laughs> somewhere else. Um, yeah, I this this is the big flaw in my approach, Marcus. If either of Gibson or Taylor goes down, I'm in a really bad spot. Yeah, because you've got the two running backs early. Um, and there's just so just you know, for context, the running backs left on the board right now. You got Todd Gurley, uh, David Johnson, James Connor, who very well may not be back in Pittsburgh next year. Uh Leonard Fournette's still there, uh Melvin Gordon. Then you get to Miles Gaskin, Lev Bell. Um, it's just it has thinned out really, really quickly at this point. <clears throat> and and that's what happens. And that's why I know there's a lot of zero RBers out there, but like I got T. Higgins in the seventh round. I love to I think T. Higgins could potentially be a wide receiver one. And Tyler Boyd went in round seven. And you got the upside rookie, and there's still other wide receivers I like out there. But I look at the running backs and I'm like, I don't want any of them. <laughs> right. Uh, so after Higgins, it goes Rogers. I went Waddle. Tyler Boyd goes at the 7.6. Melvin Gordon at 7.7. David Johnson at 7.8. Marquise Brown is 7.9. And Kyle Pitts comes off the board, the rookie tight end. Uh, he is the 10th pick in the seventh round. So just uh, for context, he goes ahead of Zach Ertz, Gronk, Evan Ingram. Um, those are Hayden Hurst, Hunter Henry, some of the tight end names still on the board. 
uh, that Kyle Pitts goes ahead of. Uh, Marcus, th- thoughts on that? When when we remember last week when we did our tight end uh, or, or when like when we did our tight end podcast and I I said I said my fear for Kyle Pitts is that he's going to be the sixth tight end off the board. He was the sixth tight end off the, the board. sixth tight end off the board. Um, so yes, yeah, so there it is. So Pitts. Someone someone tweeted me that they think he's going to be the fourth tight after the big three. They think it'll be Kyle Pitts the next tight end. I I don't think it will be common. I wouldn't be surprised to see it. Um, I think especially, uh, I feel like this time of year, especially you're going to have people sort of reaching and seeing if they can, if they can kind of make that, that splash. Uh, couldn't be me, but, um, <laughs> but I, I wouldn't be surprised to see that. So Pitts goes near the end of the seventh round, the final two picks of the seventh round, Todd Gurley, Miles Gaskin, the eighth round starts with Tom Brady, uh, followed by Evan Ingram and, I think we talked about this, but I feel like this, this is kind of a put up or shut up year for Evan Ingram. Like, you know, we're still waiting for him to kind of match that rookie season. And, and I think if it doesn't happen, if, if he can't have the, you know, take the leap this year, I just don't think it's going to happen for him. Yeah, me neither. And he's someone that I'm not really looking forward to, to dread. I've been burned in the past and maybe that's a bad approach, but I just, I, I it's hard for me to go back for more. Uh, so after Evan Ingram, Ronald Jones, uh, in the eighth round, which I think is great value for, for Rojo. Um, you know, I was hoping he fell to me. Yeah. That's, that's a news. That's a news headline. (laughs) (laughs) That's a news headline. Florio was, uh, hoping that Ronald Jones fell to him. Uh, so after Jones, Robert Tunyon, who I think is going to be a very polarizing, uh, pick this year, Uh, Matthew Stafford at eight, not five. I was hoping Will Fuller would fall to me, but he does not. He goes with the sixth pick in the eighth round. Uh, I was eyeing him, and uh, that didn't happen. So uh, there he goes. Uh, so we're waiting on the seventh pick in the eighth round. Um, any? Is there any roster? You look at any of these rosters. Anyone like really jump out to you at this point? Uh, Debo Samuel goes just ahead of me. Ah! <laughs> were you hoping for him? I was hoping for Fuller or Debo. So. Uh, um so yeah now i'm now i'm kind of scrambling any any of these rosters though that jump out at you that you really like right now let's i i gotta say i i do like big fella two three he started off henry robinson ceh and then still got julio odell marquise brown like he got upside wide receivers with his proven running backs then you add in tunyon and and Herbert, I, I think his roster is shaping out really nice. Yeah, it's not a bad roster at all. Um, I mean, obviously, I think Odell is kind of a question mark. I, I just don't know what to expect from him. Um, but I think I think there's some potential there. Obviously, if he if he looks like the old Odell. All right, clock's running down. I got to make a decision. I am going to I'm going to take a swing on James Conner, uh, mostly because he's my fourth running back um, in the eighth round. And so if it if it works great if not i'm not really pressed about it um but i do feel like i need to start going i need to start hitting the wide receivers i've got two uh i got chris godwin and jalen waddle so i i really have to kind of come back and hit the wide receiver spot hard um any so you obviously you looked at the the, you got taylor and gibson up top there i like the start of your what your running backs Uh, at some point do you have to come back to that position though Oh yeah, I this is this is the biggest thing I'm trying to figure out is 
when do I take that third running back? Because in my strategy right now, it's two running backs and a tight end early on, and then start getting these receivers that I like, like Lamb and Higgins, and I got McLaurin. I went with Dak. Maybe I like I would have taken Javon, uh, Javante Williams there if he fell, but he didn't. Um, so yeah, I, that's what I'm trying to figure out now when I when I have to fine tool the strategies, figure out when to get my third running back because I I would like to have a third reliable running back. Mm-hmm. Maybe this guy can fit the bill, but it's very questionable right now. AJ Dillon. Okay, so after Connor goes Devin Singletary and then AJ Dillon uh, as we hit the tenth pick in the eighth round. Uh, I think like AJ Dillon's future really depends on what happens to Aaron Jones, right? If Aaron Jones comes back to Green Bay, um, you're not taking him in the eighth round, are you? No. So like, like if Aaron Jones signs, Dillon might just be waiver wire guy again, or or maybe like that solid bench running back, but not someone that you want to start each week. Like I guess like similar to that role that Jamal Williams has been playing. Like he had value, but not enough to start. Yeah, I know that, you know, it's funny, too. I remember you know, during training camp last year, there was that day where fantasy Twitter kind of went nuts because A.J. Dillon showed up in shorts and he had you know, quads uh, the size of tree trunks. For days? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> uh, so like, everybody sort of went nuts about that. But, you know, Aaron Jones ended up having another really good year. Um, I'll tell you what, uh, Josh Jinsky, who is the number one pick, is putting together a really nice draft. Um, so just finishing out the eighth round, Jarvis Landry and then Devontae Parker, the final pick of the eighth round. But on the turn, Chase Claypool uh, right there. So I thought that was that's a pretty solid start. Um, I am back on the clock here, and I need a wide receiver. I'm torn here. I... As much as I really would like to take this guy, you know what? It's a mock draft. Let's just get wild. We're going to take Amon Ross St. Brown, um, you know, partially because I'm a Trojan homer, but also because I, I do like what his talent is and where he potentially lands. And again, if, if there's ever a time to sort of maybe do things you wouldn't do, it is in a mock draft like this. So uh, real quick, just the start of the, the ninth round, Chase Claypool, Zach Moss, uh, you took another SC guy, Michael Pittman. Uh, Zach Ertz at the 9.4. Amon Ross St. Brown at 9.5. Hunter Henry at 9.6. Um, your feelings about Zach Ertz, do you, do you think he stays in, in Philadelphia or does he go somewhere else this year? Uh, I think he goes somewhere else because Philly's made it kind of known. Like they're talking about a salary cut. They're talking about trading him. I thought the best case scenario for him would have been if he was in the Carson Wentz trade. Carson Wentz loves Ertz. He loves throwing at tight ends. I I think Ertz might be uh, – he's applying for Team Washed right now, Marcus, because he did <laughs> not look good last year. I think Dallas Goddard has replaced him as the tight end one there. He is someone that – he's hard for me to put my finger on, Like, but I, I don't think I'm going to have a whole lot of him in fantasy. I have heard – I don't know if it's rumors or just you know wish casting about the Eagles drafting Kyle Pitts – and having a dynamic tight end duo of Dallas Goddard and Kyle Pitts, uh, does that do anything for you? I would much rather Kyle Pitts end up somewhere where he doesn't have to share the workload with another <laughs> tight end. <laughs> like, I, I know people are saying top 10, he could be the first non-quarterback off the board or whatever. Like, I am hoping the opposite happens. I'm hoping he falls to 13 and ends up with Justin Herbert and then Chargers. 
That would be interesting, uh, especially if, if Hunter Henry doesn't come back, which is certainly a possibility. Um, hmm, I like that idea. Uh, so like I said, so Hunter Henry goes uh, at the sixth pick of the ninth round. T.Y. Hilton at 9.7. Damian Harris, Tariq Cohen, Jamal Williams, Leonard Fournette. Uh, and then the final pick of the ninth round is Marvin Jones. Um any surprise that the Bucks running backs fell so far? I mean, Rojo at eight, Fournette at nine. That seems a little bit surprising to me, just because, especially because I thought Jones was really productive last year. I, I'm just surprised that they fell so far in this draft. Yeah, I, I expected at least Jones to go higher because it. I know Le, uh, Lombardi Leonard was a thing. Lombardi Lenny, I mean, was a thing, but. <laughs> Before the playoffs, I mean, when Ronald Jones was healthy, it was Ronald Jones that they were giving the bulk of the carries to. And you knew that I was off of Ronald Jones last year, but he looked explosive. He looked the part. And I I think, you know, right now, eighth and for him and ninth for Fournette is more because people don't know how that's going to shake out. But I expect Jones to go higher come like August. I do think he's going to go higher. And I think you're right about Fournette. He's just kind of a question mark. So that's the reason that he fell a little bit. Um, all right. So Marvin Jones finishes out the ninth round. Start of the 10th. It's our old friend Mike Gasicki. Mike Gasicki in the 10th round. This is what I told you. Remember I said this, that, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna tell myself that tight end's not deep. And then I'm going to be sitting in a draft. I'll be like, ooh, Mike Gasicki in the 10th round. Fortunately, I was not the one who made that move. Um, but but it, it happened. Start of the 10th round is Mike Gasicki. Philip Lindsay is the second pick. Dallas Goddard with the third pick in the 10th round. Uh, and then Jerry Judy with the the 10th pick or the fourth pick, I should say, in the uh, in the 10th round. Um, Jeff Wilson. OK, so let's let's talk about this. because Jeff Wilson just comes off the board. Uh, fifth pick in the 10th round last year at this time. I think we were completely staying away from 49ers running backs because we had no idea uh, what to expect from them. Um but we had Raheem Mostert go. I'm trying to find where did Raheem Mostert go. Uh, he went in round eight, I believe. Wow. So that was yeah. You're right. He went the no round six. Uh, oh, he's in round six. But even that seems a little bit late, right? Or or are we just still scared of 49ers running backs? Um, unless they sign someone. Or so as of today, no. Like I think as of today, you take that discount and you run with it because. Kyle Shanahan has shown us last year and years from like beyond that, that it, it's his system and that whoever is getting the ball in his system can be productive for fantasy. So I think right now the fear is that they're going to sign or draft someone, but if they don't like, and you could get Mostert in the six Wilson in the 10th, and I don't know, Jamaica, whoever is this year's Jamichael hasty and like the 15th, <laughs> you're golden. I think. So Jeff Wilson, uh, fifth pick in the 10th round, Hayden Hurst comes off the board after him. Um, so we had a gap. I mean, we had the, the first four tight ends come off the board in the first three rounds. Then we waited until the seventh round for our next tight end. And then the, the most recent three rounds we've had, uh, let's see, in rounds eight, nine, and 10, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven tight ends come off the board. Um, that feels about right, doesn't it? This, this feels about the time to, to kind of go get your, your tight end. If, if you don't get one of the big ones, uh, yeah. I think so. I think now is, uh, you wait a little. Like I think like ninth, tenth round, if you wait, is when you should. And, and I'm okay getting two of these guys because it just gives you a better chance of hitting on one. All right, I'm doubling down on Michael Gallup. I'm going back to the well. Um, you know, I know it was frustrating at times last year. 
the hope is if Dak Prescott is healthy, then that helps Michael Gallup. Um, you know, and again, it's the it's the tenth round. He is my fourth wide receiver, um, so I'm willing to kind of take that shot. Uh, I have a lot of upside wide receivers, uh, and beyond Chris Godwin, I I'm really hoping. I mean, this this team is kind of hoping that these these upside wide receivers hit. Uh, when when you took St. Brown in the in the tenth that was or the ninth. Mm-hmm. I thought, and you were like, oh, I'm just going to take him. I thought you were taking Michael Gallup then. Those are the two guys I was looking between. <laughs> and I was like, do I go Gallup here and hope St. Brown falls? Because um, I didn't think I'd didn't think i have a shot at both of them. I figured it was going to be one or the other. As it turns out, uh, I ended up getting both. So, <laughs> so it sort of worked out. Um, didn't mention it. So just before Michael Gallup, uh, at 10.7 is Jalen Hurts. Is that, are you okay with that draft price for Jalen Hurts? Yeah, I am. At that point in the tenth round, he was, he was maybe even the the tenth quarter. I think he was in the double digit quarterbacks off the board too. After you know, two rounds after Matt Stafford and Tom Brady, I think that is a really good value for him. I I actually, truthfully, expected him to go a little bit earlier. Uh, Twelve. He's the fourteenth quarterback off the board. Wow. So, um. Yeah, 14, 14th quarterback, I would I would definitely do that. Um, but Alf Wins, who drafted him, uh, he, he's, he's gone very young at quarterback. He drafted Trevor Lawrence in the sixth. Now he has Jalen Hurts in the tenth. Um, but all things considered, I, I think Alf Wins is putting together a, a pretty nice team. Uh, he goes Kamara and Swift first, then he follows up with three wide receivers at Thomas, Thielen, Robert Woods, uh, Trevor Lawrence in the sixth, Tyler Boyd, Debo Samuel, Hunter Henry, Jalen Hurts. Um, yeah, it's a pretty good squad. That, uh, I, I love that he paired Hertz and Trevor Lawrence because he just needs one of those guys to hit and he's going to have a great team. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so now we've gotten tied in heavy to start the 11th round. Uh, I'm on the board here. After I uh, figure out what I'm going to do, I will, uh, I will reset and catch everybody up here. Um, <clears throat> But doesn't it feel great to not have to to be looking at these tight ends? Like I need one, right? No, I feel like that. I got that out of the way uh, already. So, hmm. Although it is it is getting thin at this point in the draft. Um, so as I figure this out, I think. And let's see where are we going at running back. Uh. All right, I am going to take a shot. I'm going to do it. I'm going to go Carson Wentz here. Um, and just kind of to play the upside here at my second quarterback position. Um, see what happens. If things if things work out and they figure out how to fix him, uh, then I feel okay with both Deshaun Watson and Carson Wentz. And if not, I'm not really stressed. Uh, so let's catch up, though. After Michael Gallup uh, in the 10th round, it goes Le'Veon Bell. Uh, you went Tony Pollard there, which, you know, um, not bad at all. Uh, Chase Edmonds, who I would have loved to, to kind of pair with um, Kenyon Drake, but that didn't happen. Kenyon Drake, end of the 10th round. Uh, 11th round starts with Noah Fant, Tyler Higby, Kenneth Gainwell, rookie running back, goes third pick in the 11th. Gronk uh, at the fourth pick. I went Wentz. J.D. McKissick off the board uh, with the sixth pick in the 11th round right now. Um Kenneth Gainwell, that was your that was your pick. You uh, your thoughts on that? I I've you know I, I like him. He is someone that obviously he's not 
one of the top three running back talents uh, in this draft class, but I think he comes in in that second tier. So those guys do are more dependent on landing spot, but if he falls into a good spot where he's going to get volume in, in, you know, like the first year of his career, I think he could be a useful fantasy piece, especially when we're talking about grabbing guys as your fit. Like he's my RB five. So at that point, I'm more worried about potential upside than I am someone who has a role where they're going to give me like 10 touches a week. Anybody that you, uh, you know, now that we are what double digit rounds, um, anybody that you, you missed uh, that you wanted uh, that you didn't get that you, you know, that you were debating between maybe like they, they didn't come back to you the way you thought. Yeah, the so Javante Williams was the biggest one that I feel like I missed out on in this draft. But and then there was that eighth round with receivers where I took uh, Dylan and Pittman on the, that swing. I was hoping instead of Pittman to get one of Will Fuller or Debo Samuel because I just felt like both or and then I took Dylan and, and thinking that I would get one of Claypool or Pittman. So I'm happy with Pittman there. But if I would have got Debo or Will Fuller as my wide receiver four, I would have felt amazing. Yeah, I was I was hoping that Fuller was going to fall to me, um, especially. I mean, look, I don't know. We don't know what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson, but presuming he stays in Houston to be able to pair Deshaun and Will Fuller would have been great. It didn't. He just didn't make it back to me. Um, and then on top of it, to you know, have Debo Samuel snaked out like literally one pick ahead of me, uh, how, sort of things. How do you feel about Debo? I you're a Niners fan, and it feels like Ayuk is getting all the attention, and people kind of forgot about Debo. I think so too. Um, which honestly is why you know Debo in the eighth, I think feels pretty good. Um, you know, especially what Ayuk in this draft went uh, a couple rounds ahead of him. Um, but I, I think he's going to be fine. Like I think, but I think Ayuk's going to have probably a bigger fantasy year. But I don't, I don't think that you're going to see uh, Debo just fall off a cliff. So uh, Brandon Ayuk went in the sixth round. Debo Samuel went in the the eighth round. So basically, two rounds separating uh, the two of them right there. Um, oh, I forgot. Oh, that's a good pick. That just oh, Lavisca Chenault comes off fourth pick of the twelfth round. That is, that's an excellent pick. Uh, right. Big fella 23 is putting together a very nice draft. Um, so after J.D. McKissick, mid of the 11th round, uh, Julian Edelman, Darnell Mooney, Curtis Samuel, uh, Cam Newton goes with the 10th pick in the 11th round. Uh, rookie wide receiver Rashad Bateman goes with a second to last pick. Joe Burrow goes with the final pick in the 12th round. Uh, start of the 13th is uh, Latavius Murray. Or should the start of the 12th, I should say. So Joe Burrow, last pick of the 11th round. Um, Latavius Murray starts the 12th, Henry Ruggs, Emmanuel Sanders, LaVisca Chenault, and then Denzel Mims. Uh, any surprise that, that Joe Burrow lasted as long as he did? Yeah, Burrow and Chenault were two names that I <laughs> did not expect to fall to the 12th round, especially Burrow. I, I was I was hoping he fell to me because something I'm trying to do more of this year, Marcus, is stack a little bit, like at a quarterback mm-hmm. and a wide receiver. And I have Dak. And I have Lamb on this team, but I also have T. Higgins. So if Joe Burrow fell, I was going to take him as kind of an insurance policy to Dak, but also to to go with that T. Higgins stack. Well, speaking of insurance policies, uh, I'm taking Daryl Henderson in the 12th round uh, as the insurance to Cam Akers. So we'll see what, how that goes. Uh, A.J. Green goes right after Henderson. And then uh, you got your second quarterback. With Ryan Tannehill. Who I also feel is, I feel like we, we are shorting Ryan Tannehill. Like he doesn't get, I mean, the guy's been really good for 
two years now. At some point, you know, I think we should all start to believe in him a little more. <laughs> yeah, I feel like he can't shake those Miami days no matter how well he plays in Tennessee. Like, it's been a year and a half now. I think he's proven that, like, hey, I'm not the same guy I was in Miami. But I think everyone in the back of their mind is like, is Ryan Tannehill Ryan really Tannehill. this good? Right. It's like, oh, it's Ryan Tannehill. Ah. But uh, at some point, you know, at some point we'll either buy in and then the moment we all buy in is the point that it all you know, inevitably <laughs> falls apart. Um, all right. So coming up on the end of the 12th round, the final two picks of the 12th round, Mark Ingram, James White, Naheem Hines starts the 13th, followed by Brian Edwards. Um, you're on the clock, but I, I, once you uh, you make your pick, I, I okay, so you go Robbie Anderson, followed by Marlon Mack. I was big on Brian Edwards last year. Obviously, it didn't happen. I don't know how you felt about him, but, you know, I feel like that's a worthwhile shot uh, at this point in the draft. Yeah, I was high on Brian Edwards last year in draft season. I had him on a good amount of, like, best ball teams. I thought Henry Ruggs was going to be, like, the take the top off the defense guy and, and Edwards would be the possession guy. And it turns out neither one of them really had those roles and – uh, I, I joked about it before in the pod, like when Brian Edwards scored in week 17, I truly was like, oh, I forgot all about him. Like, he's still there. <laughs> and uh, but I, I like his talent. And I think there's right now in, in Vegas, there's plenty of targets up for grabs. Like there's besides Waller. I don't think there's anyone we can say with confidence is like the surefire number two target. So uh, after Edwards, you went Robbie Anderson, Marlon Mack right after that. I took Jalen Rager. Um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll buy back in on that one and see if it happens this year uh, with Jalen Hurts at quarterback. Irv Smith, who I know a lot of folks love, uh, comes off the board as the sixth pick in the 13th round. Uh, Alf wins, gets his second tight end there. Matt Ryan uh, comes off in the 13th, 13.7. Rookie running back Michael Carter uh, is at 13-8. Gus Edwards at thir- Gus Edwards at, at in the 13th round. That feels like stealing. Now, you know, who knows you know, what the roles are going to be. I think J.K. Dobbins is the lead running back. But every time we tried to fade Gus Edwards, he came back and had a solid performance. Uh, I feel like getting him in the 13th round is incredible value. Yeah. Where did J.K. Dobbins go? Uh, Dobbins went... Third, second, third round. Third round. Mm-hmm. Second, so, third round. Remember last year, Marcus, when Mark Ingram got hurt and those two split time, and like we would talk about it weekly. Like we don't know which one of the, and then each week they'd kind of put up similar numbers. Got a ten round discount on Gus Edwards. Like that is an amazing value. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so see, Matt Ryan goes a thirteenth, then Michael Carter, Gus Edwards, Harrison Butker is our first kicker off the board at thirteen dot ten. Uh, our first defense is the Washington football team, 13.11. O.J. Howard is the final pick of the 13th round. So come back around. Uh, start round 14 with Baker Mayfield, followed by Zach Wilson, Tevin Coleman. So uh, three Niners running backs get drafted. We'll see how Kyle Shanahan decides to juggle them. Uh, I can pretty much guarantee you that no matter who's playing well, they will shoehorn Tevin Coleman in so that he can run <laughs> for 2.3 yards per carry and frustrate all of us. Uh, but he's the third He's the third pick in the 14th round. Justin Tucker goes right after that. The Buccaneers defense is the fifth pick in the 14th round. So we're getting a couple of defenses off the board here. Um, in drafts, like, do you normally take a kicker or defense? I, I know Adam Rank does not do that. He'll just go and kind of pick one up as necessary. Uh, how, what are your feelings on the last couple of picks in a draft? 
It, for me, it, it depends like when I'm like if I'm drafting the Sunday before or like the week before Thursday kickoff, I'm going to take my defense and kicker because we pretty much know who's on the roster and stuff. But when I'm drafting in like July for week one, <laughs> that's in September, I'm not taking a defense and a kicker because there's so much that can happen. I'd rather take an upside shot on someone. Maybe they make the roster. Maybe they have a big, a big summer or something like that. Um, but again, if it's like, hey. The season starts off in three days. I'm just going to pick a kicker in your defense then. <laughs> so after the Bucks, a couple more kickers. Greg Zerline, Young Hui Koo uh, come off the board. I am on the clock trying to figure out what I'm going to do as I am scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. Um, this is going to put to the test if you're a defensive kicker drafter. Uh, you know what? I tend to be, but I don't think I'm going to do it in this draft. Um I do know where I'm going to go here. I'm going to go uh, – you talk about upside guys. I'm going to take Van Jefferson here. And, I like that a lot. Uh, and see where it goes. So uh, Van Jefferson off the board. Robbie Gold after them. You go Corey Davis. So I saw that name there, and I'm like, that's not a bad pick. Uh, that Davis. that was your guy last year. He was. I mean, it was the breakout season. He was – He was. you know, I'm, I'm curious to see who's going to be this year's Corey Davis, who, like, you know, Corey Davis was last year's uh, Devontae Parker. Um <laughs> So, so I'm kind of curious to see who uh, who it ends. Michael up Gallup kind of fits that bill. Great, I got him. Uh, <laughs> I, I took him here, so hopefully, uh, hopefully that that works out. Um, I I do like your Van Jefferson pick a lot though, because I think he can be the deep threat there. I, I hope so. Um, you know, and now having Stafford, you have a guy who will push the football deep, which is is something they were missing. Um, so after Corey Davis, Alexander Madison near the end of the 14th round. Um, by the person who took Dalvin Cook. So that's uh, definitely just a smart play right there. Daryl Williams um, is at the end of the fourth round. So now we got a couple defenses. Uh, Steelers start the 15th, Rodrigo Blankenship. You went Chuba Hubbard. Uh, the Niners defense goes, you know, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. Uh, Daryl Williams comes off the board. I'm going to take Damian Williams, figuring he's Oh, that back. is such a good pick. He's back after uh, taking the year off for covid and, you know, how much workload he gets, how much he shares time with Clyde Edwards-Alaire, I'm willing to take that shot with my last pick. I would have rather your last pick than mine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chuba Hubbard's interesting. Uh, I mean, obviously was uh, a big-time player in college at Oklahoma State. Uh, you know, we're all – Fun waiting. name. It's a f- lot of fun name to say. <laughs> um, so we're curious to see, obviously, where these rookies go uh, and how that shakes out. So Niners defense, Damian Williams, the Jets defense uh, with the sixth pick – in the 15th round. So we got that might be a jet fan might be, uh, cause that does seem wildly <laughs> crazy early. Uh, so we've got three or six picks left rather, uh, in this draft. Um, any big takeaways, uh, from what you saw in this thing, anything that, that you think is going to kind of be the norm for draft season. I know we spoke about it earlier, but to me, it is just get your running backs early. Like looking at the second round with with Robinson, Eckler, Swift, Akers, Gibson, like all these young running backs who last year might have been third, fourth round running backs or later. They're they're going in the second round now. Like you need to get your running backs early. And I think like you look at the fifth round, what the fifth round or sixth round was, fifth round it was for receivers. Like that is when I think you want to be really in the receiver run. You don't want to be grabbing a receiver when everyone's grabbing a running back and then trying to find a running back when the rest are filling out their receivers. Which is sort of the, the thing I felt like I ran into in this draft. And I, I 
part of the reason I picked the fifth spot. Now, we were able to pick our own spots for this mock draft. I picked the fifth just because I felt like it really is kind of a, a pivot point. Uh, by the way, just finished up, so I'll just finish up the last picks here. The Jets, the Giants defense, Will Lutz, uh, Antonio Brown with the ninth pick in the 15th round. Colts defense, Mason Crosby, and uh, your Mr. Irrelevant here is Jared Goff, which uh, Polk High 68 ends up with four quarterbacks. <laughs> Tom Brady, <laughs> Joe Burrow, Baker Mayfield, Jared Goff. Uh, to finish out. Uh, but I was saying, I, I I picked the fifth spot because I felt like it's really a pivot point um, in drafts. Do you go with one of those running backs like Alvin Kamara or Derrick Henry, or do you, you know, kind of go off the board? Do you go wide receiver, Devontae Adams? I sort of went Travis Kelsey with a big swing there. But, you know, and I came back and got Cam Akers in the second, which I felt good about. But then I kind of felt like I spent the rest of the draft kind of chasing a little bit. Um so I think, you know, that's something to kind of take into account uh, if you are in that fifth spot, you know, and if you decide to go Kelsey early, I think, I think if I had to do it again, um, I might probably go Derrick Henry in that spot uh, and then feel like I have two good running backs at the beginning. And then, you know, maybe, maybe my third round pick ends up being a Waller or a Kittle or somebody like that. Um, I like the team. I think it's okay, but I felt like I was, I was sort of chasing it a little bit in this draft. I see. I felt like I was chasing receiver, but I think it's easier to chase receiver. Although I will say, like, don't do what I did and take two running backs and then don't take your third running back until the eighth round because that's probably waiting a little bit too long because things happen to these running backs. And I, I feel a lot more comfortable if I had a. It doesn't have to be, you know, in the third round, my RB3, but if I would have got someone in like the fifth round, I think I would have felt a little bit better. Yeah, I, uh, I I totally understand that. I, you know, I said I, I, I felt like there were some things that were good. Uh, I felt like there were some things that were that were OK. Um, your your favorite pick that, you know, favorite pick that you made, maybe the favorite pick you saw in this entire draft. Uh, the favorite pick I made, I'll go with T Higgins in the seventh round because I expected him to go a little bit earlier and, and lamb and Higgins are two of my guys this year that I think you can get them as wide receiver twos, maybe even a little bit later. And I think they can be a wide receiver one this year. Uh, my favorite pick, I, I really do love in round two. And I know that's an early round to have a favorite pick, but these three picks in a row of Eckler Swift acres. I just love seeing that because I think all three are should be second round picks. I think all three have RB one upside, and if I can get them in round two, I'm just gonna love that. Um, yeah, I I loved my Acres pick in, in the in, in the second round. I I can't quite quit Kenyon Drake, and to get him in the fifth round, um, I feel really good about. And I I go back to a thing Adam Rank said that you know we we had huge expectations for Kenyon Drake so we were left disappointed but when it was all said and done uh he had a good second half of the season and he finished as kind of a low end RB1 um so if i could get similar production from him in the 5th round uh i feel really really good about that i i loved some of the late round picks we saw uh elsewhere we talked about the Gus Edwards pick uh the the Chenault pick i thought was was really good as well so i thought some of those those later round picks uh, really, really, really kind of interesting. So, um, so thanks to everybody on, on the internet who jumped in and helped us out with this mock draft. Uh, I thought it was great. Uh, we'll definitely do some more of these. This won't be the last one we do. Uh, we'll do these kind of, you know, intermittently throughout the off season. Um, it'll also be worth seeing how the board changes. 
uh, as we as we go through these. Like I'm sure what we see now here at the start of March is going to look different uh, when we get to you know, mid April into May uh, and that sort of thing. Once we've gone through free agency uh, and the draft. Um, Real quick, before we get out of here and close this thing up, uh, last week we talked about video games. I talked about the you know the Legend of Zelda turning thirty uh, in, in video games, and uh, Steve mentioned uh, <laughs> that he played Pokemon. Um, Pokemon turned twenty five. Pokemon is twenty five years old. Uh, Steve, did you know that? Did you celebrate? Did you uh, you know did you evolve uh, <laughs> over the weekend or something? How do you how do you yep. feel about that? For for the twenty fifth birthday, I had a, a a yellow electric cake and uh, had had a red red and white uh, decorative balls on it. No, uh, I did not realize it was that old, but that does make me feel old, uh, having been been around for the duration of Pokemon and remembering the those those early origins. Like holy smokes, um, that that's that's wild. Uh, and I, I don't know if it's coming back anytime soon or, or if it's, coming it's never back gone away. Yeah, it's never left really. Right. Uh, well, if you, if you like, like 900 Pokemon, <laughs> I always felt like it was going to move on, but kids keep like, and I agree with Steve, man, this makes me feel old because I remember waking up each morning and I would on a VHS record the episodes of Pokemon so that I can rewatch them and stuff. So <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm feeling pretty old right now. Oh, is is Pokemon on like Netflix or anything? Is there a way we can go back? I would think somebody has to it's be a homework assignment somewhere, right? I, I think it still airs on Cartoon Network. Like, there's it's not. I don't think it's Ash Ketchum anymore. But there's like a new generation of Pokemon trainers that like there's a show about. So allegedly, it's on Netflix uh, and also possibly on Disney Plus. Um, well, so I don't know. My weekend plans are set. <laughs> so. <laughs> Definitely worth uh, investigating. So, uh, all right. catch them all. I, I know that uh, I know this has gone a little bit long, but we appreciate you guys hanging in there. So that is it. We are done. We appreciate you hanging out with the NFL Fantasy Football Show. You know the drill. Tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember, if you ever need cheering up, start a fight with somebody who has hiccups. Be safe. Take care of yourselves. Wear a mask. And we'll see you next week. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap, fresh, green, Irish shop. Now at a store near you live nation presents concert week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids, Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25 until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. 
You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.